What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to be talking about five running back sleepers that you guys should be targeting your fantasy football drafts. So I feel like, you know, people have different definitions of what a sleeper is. Some people may think it's a running back going in like the 14th, 15th round. For me, you know, I'm going to define a sleeper as someone going in the triple digit picks. So basically pick 100 or later. I just feel like this is a nice balance between someone who can like actually provide something in your lineup, but also someone who's not like super like heavily drafted they're not going in like the sixth seventh round we're looking like ninth round or later here so that's what i'm looking at for a sleeper so i'm going to be going through five players breaking down why i think they're solid targets this year and why they have some solid upside in your lineups if you guys enjoy the content you know the drill hit the like button subscribe to the channel that would help me out a ton but let's jump into the first sleeper and it is going to be ramondre stevenson and being totally honest like a month or two ago, I was totally set to just avoid this Patriots backfield. Every year, it kind of seems like it's going to be a headache. You never know what player is going to be the number one. You always have one guy getting the rushing work. Someone else is the receiving back. The production's all over the place. You can't even trust that a guy is going to be the number one the entire game. They fumble, they get pulled, and it always just turns into a headache. So I was totally willing to fade Damian Harris, fade Ramondre Stevenson, fade all these guys. But the more I kind of think about it, I am coming around to Ramondre Stevenson here. He had a solid rookie season, played in 12 games, rushed for 606 yards, five touchdowns, targeted 18 times, caught 14 of them for 123 receiving yards. He finished as the running back 42 in PPR points per game. Right now, he is being drafted as the RB 37 in the ninth round. And I think the, you know, kind of upside here for Ramondre Stevenson is that last year, he was just a guy producing on the ground. You know, the receiving numbers weren't anything special. They were third down backs who were locked in. You know, they're receiving guys, James White. Then when James White went down, you had Brandon Bolden. Now you have James White, who's on the pup list. We're not even sure he's ever going to play football again. That was a very serious injury. He's definitely on the older side. And then Brandon Bolden is now gone. So Ramondre Stevenson has come into camp. The reports have been great. He has lost some weight. He's been working in on third downs. So if Ramondre Stevenson can be that third down back, we know he has the ability to be an early down guy. Also, Damian Harris, like we just know they are never going to use him as like a pass catcher. So if Ramondre Stevenson can come in, get some of the carries, I'm talking like 40% of the carries, and then he's also operating as a receiving down back. He's someone who can be very, very valuable. I talked about how it's kind of a headache owning these running backs for the Patriots. And while it is true, they do produce like the running backs for the Patriots will give you solid production. So looking back at last year, the top running back each week for the Patriots averaged 15.9 PPR points per game. That is really, really solid production. You just have to figure out what guy is going to be producing those numbers. So for me, if Ramondre Stevenson has an inside track to be the receiving guy, I think we do have to worry about Ty Montgomery a little bit because he's been impressive. But if Stevenson is getting the receiving work, we know he's going to have some sort of role on the ground. So if he can combine those two things, I think it gives him a nice base. Then, you know, Damian Harris slips up. Damian Harris gets injured. Then you see Ramondre Stevenson kind of opened up for a big, big role in this offense. So that is why I like Ramondre this year. The second running back that I like is going to be Damian Pierce. Really, this just comes down to the lack of competition in this backfield. He's sharing that backfield with Marlon Mack, who rushed for 101 yards last year. You know, it was a healthy scratch for chunks of the season coming off of that torn Achilles in 2020. So maybe Marlon Mack is like going to be the number one to start off. But this is kind of just the idea where like 
If Damian Pierce has any sort of talent, he should be beating these guys out. So Marlon Mack is there. Then you have Rex Burkhead, who is 32 years old. He was in the mix, you know, last season. Actually finished with some solid fantasy performances, just being given a ton of volume out of this backfield. Honestly, Rex Burkhead, it's kind of crazy he is still, like, in the league as a somewhat, like, functioning running back. Because, I mean, he's, like, 32 years old, was never a good athlete, has a uh, ACL tear. You know, I think it was, like, in his age 30 season. So it's impressive he's still even in the league at all. And then you have Dare Ogunbowale, always butcher that, but he's never rushed for 150 yards in a season. So the competition is just very, very limited here. We've had reports out of training camp that Pierce has been impressive. You know, if you look back in 2021, the leading rusher on the Texans averaged 13.1 carries per game. That's a really solid base to have. So if he can be that number one option, getting around 13 carries per game is very, very solid. The new offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, has talked about improving the team's rushing efficiency. That was a big, big issue last year. Of all the running backs on the Texans roster, I'm talking the guys who had 100 carries, the guy who had 50 carries, 20 carries. The highest yards per carry in that backfield was 3.5. So they were just brutally bad in terms of efficiency. So if that efficiency can get bumped up a little bit, this does seem like a situation where it's not like the passing attack has a ton of firepower. They're going to want to have a balanced offense. I think Damian Pierce can come in, have a role on this offense. He can be a solid, probably like fringe running back two option if he gets that role. At the running back position, right, like being on a great offense isn't massive. It helps because you have touchdowns, all this stuff, but you can produce on bad offenses. You just need the volume. Damian Pierce is a guy who should have an opportunity to get that volume, competing with Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Dare. These are not like elite competitors in that backfield. So I like Damian Pierce as a later round running back. Another guy we have here is Isaiah Spiller. He's being drafted as the RB46, like the 11th, 12th round. I really think he has the inside shot to be the running back two for this Chargers team. And this is something you're kind of going to see right at this point in the draft, 11th round, 12th round. I'm not really targeting these players who like have a floor of like an RB4 because it's like, are these players ever going to crack my lineup? I want players who may not be, you know, playable on a week-to-week basis, but these are players that can give you serious upside with a potential injury or some sort of shakeups to their offense. So right now, it looks like Isaiah Spiller can be the running back two behind Austin Eckler. He's been running with the ones as kind of like Eckler's backup. So the signs are definitely solid there. We saw Eckler see 300 opportunities last year. You know, a big, big workload for someone who's not like a huge running back doesn't really fit the typical like workhorse running back profile. Spiller has the solid size, six foot, 217 pounds, really impressive in college, rushed for at least 900 yards and caught at least 20 passes in all three of his college seasons. So Spiller definitely is well-rounded production. I'm not saying that Isaiah Spiller is going to come in here, compete with Austin Eckler to be the running back one. That's not going to happen. Eckler's the guy. Eckler's the number one. I think Spiller could come in, take some change of pace work, you know, get some carries in between the 20s. Eckler's still going to be involved on the receiving work. He's still going to be involved in the red zone, all of it. I'm not super worried about Eckler, but I just think Spiller can carve out a little bit of a role, maybe get some work on the goal line. He is a bigger bodied back. And then if something happens to Eckler, right, the running back position is brutal. Injuries are going to happen. Then Isaiah Spiller steps up and could be a locked in like top 18 running back, top 20 running back. If he is like the clear number two, we could be looking at an RB1 if Eckler does go down. 
a great offense, solid offensive line, just a really nice situation around him. So I think if you're drafting a running back 11th, 12th round, you should be taking a guy like Isaiah Spiller. Another guy you should be taking in the same range is Rashad White. A lot of this is going to be a very similar argument to Spiller. Rashad White has the opportunity to be the running back two behind Leonard Fournette. He's another guy who has a three-down skill set, solid size, six foot, 214 pounds, a really, really strong athlete. He was one of my favorite running back prospects, you know, going into the draft. So I really liked him. I still like him as a player. In his final college season, he played in 11 games, rushed for 1,006 yards, and then caught 43 passes for 456 receiving yards. So this guy is a legit pass catcher. He totally has that in his arsenal. He's been a standout player for the Bucs, you know, in training camp. I've seen beat reports coming out about him being like a capable pass blocker. And I think that is actually one of the biggest things. Because if you have a running back playing on third down, if they can catch the ball, that's cool. We know Giovanni Bernard can do that. But Fournette got a lot of that third down work. And that is because Fournette can be relied upon as a pass blocker. You don't want some running back who's going to sit back there, let Brady get blown up. You just cannot have it. So if Rashad White can earn Brady's trust, if he has the pass blocking ability, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts to slide in on some of those third down opportunities. And then obviously if Leonard Fournette goes down with injury, Rashad White can step up and be an absolute stud, just like I think Isaiah Spiller can. So he's going to be the fourth sleeper running back that I'm targeting. And then the last one is going to be Ty Davis Price. If you guys have been watching any of my mock drafts, or like my draft strategy videos, I basically draft Ty Davis Price as like my last running back in every single one of those. He's going to be drafted in like one of the final rounds of your fantasy draft, depending on how competitive the league is. He may even go undrafted like on some ESPN leagues, Yahoo, you know, whatever. If you're in a more serious league, he probably will be drafted. But we saw him as a third round pick in the NFL draft. This is pretty solid draft capital for someone. Even if you're someone who likes Elijah Mitchell, if a team is spending third-round draft capital on you, they clearly want to use you in some role. So I still think Elijah Mitchell is going to be the running back one. Like when I'm hyping up these guys, Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, Ty Davis-Price, I'm not saying they're going to come in and be the number ones on their team, but I do think you know they have value in other places. So even if Elijah Mitchell is going to be the number one running back, the reports out of camp have shown that he is going to be the number one. I think Ty Davis-Price could see some early down carries. He's a much bigger running back than Elijah Mitchell, so I think he could also see some goal line work. Ty Davis-Price slots in at like six foot, 219 pounds. He's a big dude. When you're looking at this 49ers backfield, basically every single season, you have a different running back slotting in as the number one option. So this is kind of just a backfield where, kind of similar to the Patriots, when a player is starting, whoever the number one is, they are going to put up solid production. It's arguably even more of a headache than the Patriots backfield, but it's one of these things where instead of targeting the top dog, I'm not going to be targeting Elijah Mitchell because I feel like there's a decent fall off, you know, injury, whatever, you know, just kind of uncertainty of the season where Kyle Shanahan's going to throw in a Ty Davis Price or one of these other backups. Trey Sermon could be the guy this year. We have no idea. But in these uncertain backfields, I want to be taking shots on some of the cheaper guys. I think Ty Davis Price could have a role. They clearly like him, picked him in the third round. So he's one of these guys where I think he could, you know, get a few opportunities a game. But if Elijah Mitchell goes down, I think he could step in just kind of betting on the uncertainty of the NFL season mixed in with the uncertainty of the 49ers coaching staff. I mean, remember last year, it was Raheem Mostert. We were hearing great reports about Trey Sermon. He could be the number one. Then we go into week one. People drafted Trey Sermon in like the sixth, seventh round. He's a healthy scratch. Mostert tears his ACL. 
And then all of a sudden, Elijah Mitchell is like this league winner off of waivers. We just don't know what's going on with this 49ers backfield. So I'm betting on the uncertainty and with Ty Davis Price. So those are my five running back sleepers. We had Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, and then Ty Davis Price. Let me know what you guys think about those players down below in the comment section. I'll get back to everyone who comments. Over the next few days, I'll be doing sleepers for wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. I'll also be running through my draft strategy videos. So if you haven't seen it, I went through like the best draft strategy if you're picking in picks one through four. I'll do five through eight coming out, and then I'll go nine through 12. So check those out. Stay tuned for all that. Thank you all for stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one.